Did you know that in 1815, New Orleans, Louisiana, that dentist Levi Spear Parmley invented dental floss? He created a waxen silk thread for his patients to better clean between their teeth with. He also wrote a book called A Practical Guide to the Management of Teeth to draw wider attention to the benefits of flossing. Sounds like a real page turner. Hey y'all, up top, I just wanted to warn, I guess give a trigger warning for those who may be sensitive to such topics. There is the mention of cannibalism and child murder here. I do not go into graphic detail about either one, but it is mentioned, and if you're sensitive to those topics, you may want to skip this episode. Welcome to the Lore of the South. Hey y'all, welcome back to Lore of the South with me, Kelly Cruz. You're here for another episode, and thanks for that. This episode should be hitting your phones and other listening devices on January 24th, which is the day Mike, that's the husband, and I will be on our way home from a quick trip to Savannah. We have a couple of tours planned to use in future episodes. Also hope to share some video and photos from the trip, so make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram so that you can see what we get up to. A few weeks ago, I did a little poll to see which southern state we should venture into. The number one answer was Louisiana. I hope I picked a topic y'all may not have been expecting. What first came to mind? Was it voodoo? Was it Queen Marie Laveau? The Myrtles Plantation? Well, I hope my choice was one that might not be as well known. We are now venturing into Louisiana. Southern Louisiana to be exact, down to the bayou, the swamps, the deltas, the land of the Cajuns, and home of the Rougarou. Have y'all ever heard of the Rougarou before? Well, he basically a Cajun werewolf, but with some extra kick to him. He's described as having a body of a man, that body be well muscled to better aid the Rougarou in tromping through the swamp and the undergrowth. Large hands with long fingers to end in claws instead of fingernails. He has the head of a dog or a wolf with a long snout, sharp jagged teeth, and glowing red eyes. The Rougarou's howl is said to sound like no other beast on this earth and will chill your blood cold. The lore of the Rougarou is an ancient one. It predates Cajun Louisiana by about 500 years. The word Rougarou is thought to be derived from the French word loup-garou, loup meaning wolf and garou meaning man who can turn into an animal, a French werewolf. One of the oldest accounts comes to us from a 12th century village and tells of a man who three days a month would disappear without a trace. Over time, his wife grows tired of this and confronts him. She berates him until he finally relents and confesses to her Then on those three days, he changes into a wolf and runs the woods that border their village. He tells how before he changes, he must hide his clothes so that he might find them later. If he is unable to find his clothing, he will be trapped in his wolf form. He then mistakenly trusts his wife with the knowledge of where he hides the clothes before he shifts into his wolf's form. The wife is completely disgusted by her husband's confession and begins to plot how to free herself from him. 
She tells a local knight of her husband's unholy transformations. She promises she will wed him, and all of her husband's property will then become the knight's once her husband is done away with. So the pair then wait in the woods for the husband to strip off, hide his clothes, and run off in his wolf's form. We're now going to start calling the knight Mr. Knight, and we're going to call the wolf Mr. Wolf. The wife is going to go back and forth between Mrs. Knight and Mr. Wolf. Just a heads up because it starts getting confusing in here with going back and forth. Mr. Knight and Mrs. Wolf then steal Mr. Wolf's clothing, thusly trapping him in his wolf form. Time passes. Mrs. Wolf becomes Mrs. Knight, and Mr. Wolf hasn't been seen in a year or so. The king and his entourage come to hunt in the woods where Mr. Wolf roamed in his wolf form. The king and his party come across a large wolf. The king tells his hunting party to only observe the wolf. Don't kill it. The wolf slowly approaches the king, its head seemingly bowed. When he reaches the king, he licks the king's boots. Amazed by the wolf's behavior, the king takes the wolf back to the castle as a favored pet. The wolf showed signs of high intelligence and was never aggressive and never attacked any member of the court until one day. The king was hosting a banquet, and who should enter the great hall but Mr. Knight? Well, the wolf immediately launches himself at the knight. The guards restrain the wolf, but his strange, aggressive behavior makes the king and his men a bit suspicious. Days go by, and the king, along with his wolf, return to hunt the woods around Mr. Wolf's old home. Mrs. Knight, formerly known as Mrs. Wolf, hears of the king in her woods. Soon, she decides to approach the party bearing a gift for the king. The wolf lays eyes on his deceitful wife and attacks her, tearing her nose from her face. The king and his advisors put together the clues of Mr. and Mrs. Knight and the disappearance of Mr. Wolf. They put the wife to the question, and she finally confesses what she and Mr. Knight did to Mr. Wolf. She is ordered to lead the men and the wolf to where she had hidden the stolen clothing. Mr. Wolf is then restored to his former self and reclaims his lands. The knights were disgraced and exiled from France. In more stories from the early to mid-1500s, one tells about a pair of men who cover themselves in a magical ointment and both transform into wolves, where they terrorize local villages, killing and eating women and children. The pair are eventually caught, forced to transform back into men, were tried and hung for the crimes of witchcraft. A similar tale comes from the region of Dole, where the dismembered body parts of children were being found cast about the land. The locals traced the murders back to a hermit. The hermit confessed to the murders and cannibalism of the region's children. He was proclaimed a werewolf and also put to death for witchcraft. I'll give you one more story from France before we see how the story of the loot guru became the Louisiana root guru. This one is about a female werewolf. A nobleman from a mountainous village gives permission for a huntsman to hunt on his estate. The nobleman makes a request to the huntsman to report any game that he sees or kills. The hunter agrees and enters the wood. After walking for a while, he encounters a she-wolf. Both startled, a struggle ensues. The hunter cuts off the wolf's paw and places it into a leather bag. The hunter returns to the chateau to show the nobleman his prize. But when he opens the bag to remove the paw, 
It's not a paw. It's a woman's hand. It's a woman's left hand to be exact. And on that hand is a wedding ring that the nobleman quickly recognizes. He rushes from the room and down to the kitchen where he finds his wife, pale, visibly distressed, and cradling a bandaged wrapped stump where her left hand used to be. She confesses to being the she-wolf and is burned at the stake for witchcraft. Stories about werewolves in France continue throughout the 1700s. When the French Acadians began their migration to the New World in the early 1700s, they brought with them the folklore of the werewolf. It was a good way to keep children from wandering away from home sites and out of the dangerous unexplored forests of Canada. Here the Lou started shifting from the form of devil worship and witchcraft into a way to keep both children and adults in line. The werewolf became a precautionary tale, and not just one of mass hysteria that encompassed many decades in the 16th and 17th century Europe. In 1755, the British began forcing the Catholic French Acadians out of their settled lands. The also Catholic Spanish, who occupied much of the American South, invited the displaced Acadians to settle in what today is southern Louisiana, where the Cajuns and the Rougarou would take root. In the Rougarou's new home of cypress trees, massive swamplands, Spanish moss, and enormous man-eating reptiles, he became the destroyer of bad Catholics. He's now an enforcer. He is said to hunt down those that break the rules of Lent. It's also said that someone who breaks Lent seven years in a row is doomed to become a Rougarou. Sometimes becoming a Rougarou is thought to be a voodoo curse, though the curse only lasts 101 days. You can also transfer the curse to someone by biting them. Some legends say that the bite will rid you of the curse. Others say that the last person you bite will become the next Rougarou after your 101 days are up. But all Rougarous are on the hunt for tasty bad Catholics and always come out after the sun goes down. Now, when in Louisiana, you might need to ward off the old Rougarou. You only need to place 13 items in your doorways. It's thought that the Rougarou can only count to 12. The story goes that once he reaches the 12th item and sees that there is one more to be counted, he becomes so distressed that he will flee into the night, thusly leaving you safe from his bite. And with that advice on how to thwart the Rougarou, I have a couple of thoughts to add. The bit about the 13 objects to distract and ward off the beast. This one relates back to the Bible and the 13th guest at the Last Supper. Who was the 13th guest? Judas, the betrayer. As I mentioned in the story, tales like this one are precautionary ones. Break the rules of Lent, you get bit. Go out after dark, you gonna get it. Break the social norms, uh, you're a witch. Also, did y'all notice how the three men who were convicted of witchcraft were all hung? The one woman who was convicted was burned alive at the stake. Yeah, stuff has never been fair. With that, I'm going to recommend y'all look up the story of the Beast of Javudon. It's a pretty good werewolf story, and I just couldn't work it into this, but if you're fond of the other French Lucarou tales, you might like that one too, and it'd be worth looking up. Thank you for joining us. Please rate and review, subscribe and all that. Look for us on social media. I always share pics that relate to each episode. I would love to do a listener story episode someday, so please share your personal paranormal stories 
and family history is with me at loreofthesouth at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you later on Lore of the South.